0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Tuesday edition of Week 17. Uh, today's date, February 7th of 2023. Um, for today's show, we're doing kind of what we normally do as far as game summaries, key news. We have a couple interesting news items. Uh, and then our awards chase conversation. I'm going to add a little bit of a wrinkle to that. And that'll hopefully make it more interesting than me just saying, Things are pretty much the same, which kind of tends to be the conversation with the awards chases from time to time. Um, so we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, let's talk our game summaries, <clears throat> excuse me, from last night's action. Hopefully my voice will hold up here. Uh, we had eight games last night, uh, Monday night. And so let's get right into it. Firstly, the Boston Celtics take care of business on the road in Detroit against the Pistons, 111 to 99. Um Pistons made a run of it throughout the game and especially in the fourth, but Celtics uh, withstood that run and were able to come out with the win for the uh, Pistons. They were led by, Bojan Bogdanovich, as you'd expect, he had 21 points. Uh, they had 17 off the bench for Killian Hayes who's been fairly solid for them. And this is, I believe, second or third season, uh, 14 each for Jaden Ivey and Sadiq Bay, uh, 12 boards for Isaiah Stewart, 14 boards for Jalen Duran. Duran getting the start, Isaiah Stewart starting at power forward. Uh, I said before I like Jalen Duran's potential. I feel like he's going to be kind of the center of the future for Detroit. Um, we'll see what happens there. But for Boston, um, just doing kind of what you'd expect from potentially the top team in the NBA, depending on who you ask. Uh, Jason Tatum, 34 points, 11 boards. Uh, No Jalen Brown in this one, but Sam Hauser steps up with 15 points in that starting lineup. Uh, Derek White in the starting lineup as well. He had 23.7 boards, seven assists, 15 and 15 for Robert Williams third, and 16 off the bench for Brogdon as the Celtics uh, able to win this game in Detroit. Next, the Cleveland Cavaliers win in Washington against the Wizards, 114-91. to Unfortunately, my Computers doing that same thing that it did on the last episode. If you remember, we were doing the game summaries and for whatever reason, the box scores for some of the games were not loading. Um, Hopefully we can get this to load. There we go. Uh, Yeah. 114 to 91. uh, The Cavaliers never trailed throughout this game and they led by as much as 28 uh, to win convincingly against the Washington wizards for the wizards. Uh, They were led by Kristaps Porzingis, 18 points. He had seven boards as well, Uh, 15 points off the bench for Will Barton and three other guys in double figures. No Bradley Beal in this game, no Kyle Kuzma, probably a factor as far as this game getting away from them. Uh, For the Cavaliers, all five starters scored in double figures. Karis LeVert added 10 points off the bench. Uh, Darius Garland and Jarrett Allen combined for 46 points, 23 points each, For those two, 21 from Donovan Mitchell as well as the Cavs play a a well-balanced game and they take care of business in Washington against the Wizards. Next, the L.A. Clippers win in Brooklyn against the Nets, 124-116. to Most teams that were on the road uh, actually won last night versus the home teams, which is kind of interesting. You don't always see that happens, you know. A little more often than you might expect. But yes, the Clippers beat the Nets in Brooklyn 124 to 116. The Nets' first game since the Irving, Kyrie Irving trade officially happened. Um, Cameron Thomas had another strong game in this one. And it was a pretty back and forth affair. The Clippers still able to come out with the victory. Um, But for the Nets, Cam Thomas, 47 points the night after he. Or the game after he set a career high, he uh, further extended that career high, now to 47 points. A combined, oh, what is that? Something like 91 points combined over his last two games, which is phenomenal. 15.16 boards for Nick Claxton, 23 points for Edmund Sumner. He's had a nice couple of games as well starting, uh, but the Nets unable to come out on top against the Clippers. 29 for Paul George, 24 for Kawhi Leonard, continuing that trend that kind of helps them best. 14 for Norman Powell off the bench and 12 for Reggie Jackson off the bench. The guards playing well there. Uh, 12 boards for Zubats as well as 19 points. And the Clippers come out on top in Brooklyn. Next, the Chicago Bulls uh, home team this time takes care of business and beats the San Antonio Spurs, the visiting Spurs, 128 to 104, uh, and they have an especially dominant fourth quarter. Throughout the game, they never led by more than uh, you know 11 or 12, and then they erupted in that fourth quarter to take as much as a 33-point lead. Uh, for the Spurs, it was Kelton Johnson with a strong 21-point game. Uh, he's been kind of their biggest focal point, their bright spot in this tough season. Uh, Malachi Branham, the rookie, getting the start, he had 15 points. Nice little game for him. Uh, But for Chicago, uh, seven guys in double figures, 22 points, 12 boards for Vucevic. He led the way uh, in a number of categories for them. 20 points for Zach Levine, 21 off the bench with 15 boards for Andre Drummond. Strong game for the uh, offseason signing for the Bulls and they're able to get the win against the Spurs with that fourth quarter stretch. Next, the Sacramento Kings, the game I was hyping up just a touch, uh, winning in Houston against the Rockets, 140 to 120. Um, Not ultra close. Uh, You know, first few minutes was a little back and forth. Kings took a bigger lead in the midway through that first quarter, and then they never really looked back in this one. For Houston, uh, all five starters scored in double figures, led by Jalen Green and his 27 points. Um, but for the Kings, they were, they outmatched the Rockets with 30 points from Keegan Murray. I would venture to say that's certainly a top five scoring night for Keegan Murray, maybe a career high. Um, they also got 20 off the bench from Malik Monk, a sleeper sixth man of the year candidate um Herter and Fox combined for 32 they had 16 each individually 17 points 10 assists seven forwards for Demonis Sabonis uh the newly named all-star as the Kings win against the Rockets next this one was a disappointment for me of course I've mentioned on occasion that I am a Jazz fan uh the Dallas Mavericks win in Utah against the Jazz 124 to 111 uh even as they're still yet to get the services of Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. And they're without the services of Dorian Finney Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, so they're shorthanded. I don't know if, I don't believe Luca played in this game either. So kind of an odd Mavericks team to face some guys that were getting a lot more minutes than maybe they're used to. Um, not necessarily an excuse for the Jazz, but, you know, something to consider, I suppose. Uh, pretty back and forth throughout, but Dallas just ran away with it in the fourth. Uh, jazz just didn't seem to have an answer for whatever reason. For Utah, uh, Jordan Clarkson led the way scoring-wise, 26 points. Uh, he was 0 for 5 from 3, a little bit disappointing, but uh, Markin added 19 points of his own, uh, 10 points, 11 assists for Mike Conley, uh, and two other double-figure scores off the bench, But for the Mavericks, it was Josh Green, who's been impressive in moments. Uh, I believe this is his second season. Um, He had 29 points and six boards, Uh, three of six from three. Strong game for him. 29 off the bench for Jaden Hardy. I know that some Mavericks fans, he's a rookie. They've been clamoring for him to get some more minutes and some more opportunity. Uh, And... He gets some more minutes in this game. He certainly uh, capitalizes on that. Maybe that's a spark for him and the team. We'll have to see what comes of that. Uh, all of the starters scored in double figures in this game, and Dwight Powell had 16 rebounds uh, starting in place of Christian Wood, who's just returning from injury himself. Uh, so a nice win for the Mavericks. Tough loss for Utah at home. Next, the Golden State Warriors win in uh, at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this was probably the noteworthy game of the night, Uh, I haven't had a chance to catch these highlights, but Clay Thompson had another one of his Clay Thompson games. He had flashbacks maybe to the, uh, the conference finals against the Thunder about seven years ago, um, 42 points and 12 three pointers in this game. And that was really the story, especially that second half, the Warriors were dominant against, uh, an outmatched Thunder team on that night for the Thunder SGA had 20 points and four assists, a little bit of a. Lower uh, statistical night than maybe we're used to with SGA this season. 19 points for Aaron Wiggins starting in this game. And 18 points for Trey Mann off the bench, but for the Warriors, yes, we mentioned Clay, 42 points, 12 threes, 12 of 16. He was 75% from the three-point line. He joins Stephen Curry as the only two players to have multiple games of 12 or more three-pointers made. Um, unbelievable that they're able to continue that dominance from the three-point line. Um Jordan Poole added 21 points and 12 assists in relief of Stephen Curry. Uh, 18 points for Andrew Wiggins as well. 10 boards for Draymond Green. Green also had three steals and two blocks, putting together one of his kind of stat lines we're used to. 11 boards off the bench for Kevon Looney. Nice game hit there. And DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green also had double-figure scoring nights as the Warriors get a nice win against the Thunder. And finally, the Milwaukee Bucks win in Portland against the Trailblazers. 127-108, 127-108, to 108, uh, and that is the Bucks' eighth straight win. They've started to pile on the wins here lately. They led by as much as 26 in this game to win in Portland. For the Trailblazers, Lillard, a strong game, although percentages were not stellar. He still had 28 points. 21 points for Anthony Simons. All three other starters scored in double figures. But for the Bucks, Giannis, strong game, 24 points, 13 boards, plus eight assists. Uh, still six turnovers. The turnovers, for some reason, still kind of a, an, an oddity for Giannis this season. Uh, 27 points and nine boards for Brooke Lopez. Nice game for him. 20 for Drew Holiday, along with eight assists. And uh, three other guys scored in double figures for the Bucks to get that win in Portland. Hey, that takes us through our last night's action. Again, that Clay Thompson game, phenomenal that he's still able to do that after people had kind of said he was, you know, past his prime. He was still, you know, not back from injury. He wasn't the same player. He's been putting a lot of those conversations to sleep with the way that he's played in particular this season. uh, Really happy to see that. Clay is kind of one of the players I like uh, to see you well in the league. Okay, let's go ahead and jump to the key news. We have a couple of trades. Uh nothing too major as far as, you know, star players or, you know, massive, you know, moving parts, but still some noteworthy things for both these uh or for all four of these teams involved. Um firstly, the Miami Heat are sending center Dwayne Dedmon and a 2028 20, second round pick to the San Antonio Spurs for cash considerations. Uh that's always an interesting one. I'm not sure exactly what quote-unquote, cash considerations are. I imagine it's just, you know, some money. It's almost like the Spurs buying a player in a pick, if you want to think of it that way, but it's more considered a trade officially. Um, for the Heat, you know, Deadman had that weird incident uh, a month or two back, we reported on. He hasn't really been a, a factor for them. He hasn't been a positive factor, and so they move him to the Spurs. This is Deadman's second time with the Spurs now. He's returning to San Antonio. Uh, you know, to be able to get, you know... To move on from Deadmond, they have to give up a, a second round pick a few years out. Uh, so that just helps sweeten the deal for San Antonio. Miami clears up some space, clears up a, a roster spot. I imagine they'll probably make some moves either, you know, as the deadline gets closer or in the free agency market shortly after. So keep an eye on what Miami does. And then our second trade, uh, the Brooklyn Nets send forward Kessler Edwards and cash considerations to Sacramento Kings. Um, Kind of an interesting one, too. Uh, I guess for Brooklyn, similarly, they're kind of, you know, they're clearing up a spot. They send some cash as well, but I think they get greater uh, cap space uh, in general. It's not really a trade. Sacramento didn't have to give up anything for this, Brooklyn just sent. Edwards and these cash considerations Uh, for Sacramento. They add, you know, uh, a a younger talent who's shown, you know, some some moments with the Nets of he could be, you know, a a role player type guy in the league. Uh, He'll probably get a lot of time with their G League affiliate, the Stockton Kings, to further develop. Um, Yeah, those are the two trades we've had uh, over the last day or so. Next uh, for Brooklyn, kind of some tough news. Durant is expected to miss the all-star game. He is still recovering from that injury. Uh, We don't have an exact timetable on a return yet. Uh, They do say that he's uh, improving and healing, uh, you know, in a – what's the word I'm looking for? They're very happy with the way that he's he's recovering. He's – you know probably on schedule if not if not maybe a little bit ahead of schedule but that exact time for return is still yet to be dated and he will miss the all-star game so they will have to name an injury replacement for him so um We'll have to keep updated as far as who uh, Commissioner Adam Silver names for that injury replacement. Um, Next, uh, speaking of All-Star and All-Star related festivities, we have a couple of roster news as far as uh, drafts and teams and captains and things like that. Firstly, uh, for the Rising Stars draft you remember just last year, they expanded this to four teams and they have a little mini tournament for the rising stars games. That's Friday of all-star weekend. Those teams have officially been drafted. I won't go through every single roster that would take up quite a bit of time. Um, it, it's worth noting that Paolo Bancaro was the first overall pick. He went to uh, team pow. Uh, if you remember, there's a Pau Gasol, Joe Kim Noah, Darren Williams, and Jason Terry. Those are the four coaches. Three of these four had participated in this draft while team Jason, Jason Terry, uh, his experience as a G league coach, he's coaching the uh, G league specific team teams from G league Ignite, um, Memphis hustle, the Delaware blue coats, and the South Bay Lakers uh, seven guys from, you know, a few of those teams, the, G League Ignite in general or, or in particular have four of those seven guys um, but that team's already drafted so Team Pau, Team Joachim, and Team Darren drafted the remaining players. Bancaro went first overall to Team Pau uh, so it was a seven round draft. Again I won't run through all of those names that this roster is available on the NBA website, as well as, you know, probably a number of other sources, um, should be interesting. You know, it could be a fun night of, uh, basketball to watch out for. Similarly, uh, there's been an announcement as far as, you know naming the captains for the NBA G League next up game. I think this is kind of like a pseudo all-star game. They have had an all-star game for the G League in the past. I'm not sure if this replaces that or supplements that. Um I'll have to get more specifics for you, but uh Luca Garza of the uh Iowa Wolves and Scoot Henderson of the G League Ignite. Those are your two team captains for the next up game and they will Uh, draft from a field of 24 um, players and pick teams for their little uh, kind of showcase game that next up game which will be um, a part of the all-star festivities as well so worth noting that uh, along with the rising stars game so That takes care of that next uh, another injury note for Miami. Kyle Lowry is expected to miss at least uh, three games with a left knee injury. Uh, Not a ton of specifics as far as what that injury is, but uh, like with Durant, we wish the same for Kyle Lowry as far as being able to recover from that injury as soon as possible and get back on the floor (coughs) for your team uh, and, you know, help them out. Um, A note for tonight's Lakers game, as well as the next game in a couple days, Uh, Tonight against the Thunder, a couple days against the Bucks. Both of those games, those uh, ticket prices have been going up and up, especially with the, uh, you know, it's been solidified that it will probably be either this game or the next game. LeBron breaks the scoring record, the all time scoring record. Passes Kareem Abdul Jabbar for number one on that list. Um, Reports say that courtside seats for those next two Lakers games, including tonight's game, uh, are upwards of $75,000 or more, uh, very expensive. But if you're in that LA market, you're a Lakers fan, a lot of those Lakers fans, well, not a lot of Lakers fans as part of the whole collective, but a a lot of, you know, the, the Hollywood elite there, you know, your movie stars, your, uh, your, uh, musicians, popular artists, those, you know, you have a lot of Lakers fans in that kind of group. And so you have people who are probably going to be able to afford that kind of a price tag for such a monumental moment. You have to imagine uh, uh, Jack Nicholson is going to be there, uh, maybe one of the Lakers' most famous fans. Uh, but I'm sure you'll see plenty of stars in both of those games for that moment. Um, Lastly the uh NBA has officially their board of governors has officially approved the sale of the Suns and Mercury franchises to the ownership ownership group led by Matt Ish- Ishba Ishiba I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly I apologize but um that you know that's been an ongoing conversation since uh Sarver officially agreed to sell the team amid you know uh some controversies and some issues with his ownership and his uh way that the franchise has been run and things things of that nature um <clears throat> you know workplace environments we've talked about uh, you know off and on throughout the season and so just you know some more like uh paperwork becoming official type things that sale i think uh within the next couple of days will be solidified and the Suns and mercury will now be under new ownership And that takes care of our news. So let's jump to our award chase conversation, kind of the bulk (laughs) of the show and, uh, or the main focal point rather. And again, I wanted to do something a touch different. I'm going to blend this with what we've done, uh, what we typically do on Wednesdays. We'll do our normal Wednesday stuff anyways next time. But we're going to blend this with some of the stuff we do on Wednesdays as far as our predictions. I'm going to, just before the all-star break here, make my predictions and try and you know lock those in as far as what i think will actually happen as far as all of these awards who i think will be named for each of these awards a little bit before the end of the season you know and then we can look back along with the normal predictions see how well this pans out um let's start with mvp you know we we've talked off and on about what uh jokic has done Doncic at times Giannis in the last week or two's re-entered that conversation Tatum with the way his team has played and Durant with what the Nets were able to do early on those have probably been your five names along with Joel Embiid Um, and it's a pretty hotly contested race I can see this one going a lot of different ways it depends a lot on how you view the MVP award and uh, time to time this comes up as far as is it the most impressive statistical year is it the best team the best player on the best team is it somewhere between those factors, a combination of elevating a team uh, team's wins with solid statistical you know impact. And you can hear a spectrum of input on those, you know, where the award lies within or combining those two different viewpoints. Um, I want to say I, I kind of feel like Luca was the early pick before the season and he's been statistically standout. But the team has slumped. He's missed time with injury. I feel like Luca's probably not going to win it this season, um, even though I'd kind of like to see him win it with the, you know, the season that he's had and some of the games in particular he's had. Um, I feel like Giannis probably won't win it too, not, not really any fault of his own, just simply um, hasn't been as hot of a name, plus the turnovers have been odd, um, kind of a conversation we've had throughout the season as well at various points Durant with the Irving trade and the potential for the next season to kind of fall off for them to slip down to the bottom of that East playoff uh, ranking and position I feel like and especially with the time he's missed with injury Durant's name has kind of fallen out of favor as well so that leaves it for just Tatum Jokic and Embiid and probably those are your top three names anyways if you're really ranking this and I'm going to say that, especially with what Jokic has done lately and the Nuggets' position in the West as being the number one team, um, Embiid's been solid. And Embiid has, you know, that legacy of getting snubbed for no fault of his own as far as, you know, all-star starter, um, the, um, you know, MVP in the past, things like that, you know, and unfortunately for Embiid, I feel like that's probably going to carry through this year again, as far as being named an MVP. I feel like he gets lost in the shuffle of some of these guys. So then becomes between Tatum and Jokic. And I got to say that as solid as Tatum has been and as good as the Celtics have been, you know, they've lost some steam lately. Jokic has picked up steam and we're going to, it'll be easier for voters to remember you know, second half of the season versus first half the end results are going to be what speaks loudest I'm going to lock in a prediction as far as what I think will happen this is not who I'm saying is most deserving um, not that they aren't deserving either but I think Jokic will win the season's MVP so I'm going to lock that in as my little prediction here for this little exercise next for defensive player of the year Uh, This one's a little more tricky because, again, I don't have a ton of that nuanced uh, understanding and uh, view of the advanced stats that go with identifying the league's best defenders. Um, I tend to kind of just look at the traditional stats of steals and blocks. It's like, well, he blocks a lot of shots. He's a great defender or he he gets a lot of steals. He's got to be a great defender. And, you know, that's not always – completely awry or completely far from the truth, but it doesn't always paint the full picture. Um, You know, Claxton, Nick Claxton for the Nets, Brooke Lopez for the Bucks, Miles Turner uh, for the Pacers, Walker Kessler for the Jazz. Uh, Those are your top four guys in blocks per game. Blocks per game, excuse me. They're all averaging two or more blocks per game. Looking at the steals, O.G. Ananobi and Jimmy Butler are both averaging more than two steals per game. Um, if you're looking at guys that are high in both, that are averaging at least one of each, you're looking at Shea Gilders, Alexander, um, Joel Embiid, Jaden McDaniels, and uh, that is it as far as those that qualify for uh, st- you know per game statistics that have played enough games. Shea Gilders Alexander, Joel Embiid, Jaden McDaniels are only three players that I can see that are averaging at least one steal and at least one block, which is certainly worth noting. Shea Gilders Alexander, he's been solid defensively. I don't know if he has that reputation as a defensive standout. Um but Embiid's been great. You know, he hasn't been a huge name in that conversation. Um, I feel like the shot blockers are getting a lot of press for that. Um, you know, Jaron Jackson, when Jaron Jackson has been playing enough games, he actually leads the league in blocks per game with 3.3. And he also has one steal per game. So he joins that group. Uh, so does Anthony Davis. I've talked about him off and on in this kind of a conversation. Um, and Kyle Anderson and Scotty Barnes nearly join that group as well. They're both nearly averaging one each for those stats, So it's an interesting one, you know, and Claxton's really stepped up lately uh, since he's the lead qualifier. Jaron Jackson hasn't quite played enough games. Claxton technically leads the league in blocks per game, uh, 0.7 steals as well. He's really been, he's also in that mix for most improved player. So, you know, I could lean that way as well. Um, Ibroke Lopez has been a, a name. Miles Turner, of course, always in that top group as far as blocks per game um you know Walker Kessler I think he's got to be an all defensive team guy kind of like what Justin predicted I think he was pretty great on that prediction he'll certainly be an all rookie team guy but probably not defensive player of the year um Mitchell Robinson similar to Jaron Jackson missed some time you know Jackson's an all-star though and I think if he's healthy and if he's able to finish out the season with those kind of blocks numbers you know we haven't seen three or more blocks per game in a little while. He's probably got the best chance as far as being, you know, a standout. If you look at the injury report, this is from yesterday. Um, that there. Uh, injury report from yesterday. I put this together. He wasn't on there. So he was kind of a day to day with an injury for a little bit. He should be back in their lineup. He missed a game or two. He's going to be back in that, you know, qualifying group. I would think, fairly soon. I mean, Embiid qualifies with 40 games played. Jackson doesn't with 36 games played. You know, hopefully that gap closes. Jackson's back in the conversation. Um, You know, he's going to be important to their turnaround. I'll lock that in. Jaron Jackson is your defensive player of the year. And again, kind of a risk because we don't know as far as games played, but we'll see what happens. I feel like he's a good pick rookie of the year. I think this one's going to be pretty easy for anyone to predict. Paolo Bancaro, I'll lock that in. I mean, the closest competition would in my mind, either be Matherin, Ivy, or uh, Walker Kessler. Kessler has been a nice defender, uh, nice rebounder. He's starting for the jazz now, but he's not going to get the press. He's not really a scorer. Uh, Matherin's been a nice scorer. He's coming off the bench. He's not averaging as many points. He's not doing a lot of the other things. Bancaro is. Ivy is still finding himself. The efficiency hasn't been stellar. So I'll go with Bancaro. And that's, again, I think a pretty easy pick for most people. Most improved player. I was talking about SGA. I'm going to lock him in here. And I really don't want to have to – I don't feel like I have to think about this one too much. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Other names that would be in that mix. Donovan Mitchell – he's an all-star starter, but he was an all-star before, you know, and he was still a high scorer. Uh, his numbers are a touch up, uh, you know, Darren Fox, you could throw in there, but his numbers aren't too crazy. It's just the team is playing better. Um, Desmond Bain maybe you throw in that mix as well. Um, you know, you could talk, uh, Jalen Brown would actually be a worth, uh, worthwhile name in that mix. Uh, Zion when he's played but that probably hurts him in this conversation. Lowry Markkinen certainly gets in that mix. It's probably Markkinen or Shea Gilders-Alexander but I'll give it to Shea Gilders-Alexander because he's been so statistically impressive and he's elevated the Thunder from where we thought they might be without their second overall pick in this most recent draft. So I'll go Shea Gilders-Alexander for most improved player. Sixth man of the year. I don't know. And I wanna I want to see Benedict Matherin win this. And I know I've campaigned in the past we've talked about award races for Russell Westbrook. I think he what he's brought off the bench has been very unique as far as the rebounds and the assists. But as far as that scoring impact, um, Matherin's been great. Um, I feel like he would get the favor versus Westbrook as far as what we traditionally think of as a sixth man. Um you know, if we're looking for, let's see, um, let's hide non-qualifiers. Game started points. I mean, Brogdon and, Brogdon and Monk have not started a single game, and they're averaging 13 or more points per game. You know, there's standouts there, certainly. Um, Bones Highland, Victor Oladipo, kind of in that mix, but not really. Uh, Westbrook's only started three games this year. And, you know, 15.7 assists, boards. percentages aren't terrible. I mean, the three-point percentage is kind of what you'd expect from Westbrook. But, he, you know, you can still make that work. Cole Anthony is kind of a sleeper name in that group as well. Uh, but he's probably going to be starting from now on for the Lakers. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a nice name in there. Benedict Mathurin, again, he's only started six games. He's His scoring has fallen, though. His percentages aren't as high, and he's not averaging as much per game. I'm going to switch that. I'm going to switch it from Matthew. We'll go back to to Russell Westbrook. I mean, I was high on him as a sixth man up to this point in the season. I'll lock it in as a sixth man of the year prediction. And then uh, Coach of the Year, looking at standings, what the teams have done. I don't believe Michael Malone has won Coach of the Year. No, he might have, actually, now that I say that. Let me double check. Um, Contract extension. um, NBA head coaches. That doesn't help me. I need to find NBA uh, awards. Excuse me for a second here while I'm finding this. Um, I got to answer this question first before I feel like I can uh, officially name whether he should be my winner or not. Here we go. Coach of the year. Go down to the latest. No, it doesn't look like it. Monty Williams won it last year. Thibodeau before that. Nurse, Budenholzer, Dwayne Casey, Mike D'Antoni, Steve Kerr, Budenholzer again. Again. Popovich, Carl, Popovich, Thibodeau. Yeah, he has not won it. And the Nuggets are the top team in the West. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. You know, we saw impressive starts from Cleveland. They've still been good. Um, but we expected them to be better than they were last year with Donovan. Um, you know, Bucks doing what you'd we, expect. Celtics doing what you'd expect. is a good pick, you know, as far as coming in as an interim coach. But I think... I think you got to give it to Michael Malone as far as he hasn't won it yet. And this is probably his best team up to this point. So I'll get, I'll lock it in for Michael Malone as far as coach of the year. And uh, yeah, I think that'll lock it in and that'll finalize my predictions. So again, we're doing a little bit different. I'm going to set these as my predictions for the award race uh, at this point, February 7th. We'll see at the end of the season, how close or how far these end up being from what, the truth is we'll continue to update, you know, what's happening in the conversation um, week to week as the season goes on. But those are my picks for what I think will happen. Maybe not the most deserving, deserving, but what I think will happen. Um, these guys would certainly be deserving regardless. Um, otherwise that takes care of everything for our show. Let's go ahead and give you the, this day in history fact going. Uh, you know, February 7th, going back to 1969, February 7th of 1969, Rick Barry of the Oakland Oaks set an ABA and professional basketball record by going 23 for 23 from the free throw line as Oakland defeated the Kentucky Colonels, 124 to 122 in overtime. Dominique Wilkins of Atlanta later matched Barry's feet and set the NBA mark officially on December 8th of 1992. Um, I had to go with this one. It's a great fact, regardless, because of how uh, stellar Rick Barry was as a free throw shooter. Um, But it it mentions the Oakland Oaks and the ABA. And I already, you know, was being all praising about the ABA last week at some point on one of those shows. And I could talk, you know, a lot about the ABA. I, uh, you know, just enjoy how crazy and fun the league was, even if it was very dysfunctional um Oakland Oaks they were the second champion in the league's history I believe with Rick Barry even though Barry was injured for part of that season I hope I'm remembering this correctly but a great logo too if you if you're curious look up Oakland Oaks logo great name as well Oakland Oaks it's an acorn dribbling a basketball I mean how how cool is that back in the days of good old happy joyful uh Cartoon sports logos, you know, uh, gold and green, great colors as well. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll I'll quit, you know, rambling about the the ABA and Rick Barry and uh, leave it at that. Kind of a, an interesting note for sure on this day in history. Looking forward to tomorrow's show. We have Justin back on. We'll do our game summaries and key news before we dive into. Um, we'll probably heavily emphasize the uh, uh, trade deadline rumor mill type conversation, what we think will happen uh, the next day once that trade deadline finally solidifies. Um, We'll also get into our predictions as well. Uh, So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, But with that being said, thank you all for listening. If you want to check out the uh, Instagram account for the show, that's crossover across time, all one word on Instagram. Uh, We not only share content from the show as far as weekly MVP, uh, power rankings, weekly predictions, things like that, but we also like and share content from across the NBA and uh, relating to NBA history as well. So kind of your one stop shop for uh, keeping up to date with the NBA currently, as well as getting your dose of NBA history. Uh, But certainly also keep listening to the show. We greatly appreciate it. Um, And with that, thank you for listening. And we'll be back with you tomorrow.